Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Comic Source Podcast. I'm your host, Jace. Really special uh, kind of episode for you guys here. Uh, we're going to talk about an actual real-world live geek cred place. I have uh, JC from the Scum and Villainy Cantina joining me. He's going to talk about the, the origins of it. We're going to talk about the geek community that's kind of grown around the bar. Uh, I, I've been there many times myself. It's a fantastic place. And uh, we'll also find out from JC about some of the uh, events that are coming up as we hopefully finally start rounding the corner on COVID, uh, because I know that's been a, a challenge for uh, everybody over there at Scum and Villainy. So JC, first of all, thanks for joining me. Uh, why don't you let everybody kind of know what your background is, and then we'll dive into uh, the cantina. Oh, man. Okay. So, uh, hey, everybody. Um I, uh, let's take it back to the beginning. It was a cold winter morning in Evanston, Illinois, uh, January 2nd. No. Um, uh, so my background is, uh, I come from a film background. I have a, a degree in filmmaking, um, from university of Miami. And, uh, I've worked for a bunch of different, you know, TV shows and things. And I worked for Major League Baseball for a number of years. Um, and I'm sure, as everybody's always curious about, I started working with Kevin Smith about, uh, gosh, almost 11 years ago now. Um, so that's always been kind of my background, shooting, editing, writing, producing, directing. Um and uh, I've always kind of freelance. I've never really like, you know, been a nine to five type of guy. And um, and then, you know, I had this uh, this inciting incident uh, that happened in my life, and um, that led to Scum and Villainy Cantina, which was yeah, kind of uh, obviously always had a deep love of Star Wars and the Star Wars universe. Yeah, I've loved Star Wars. So I love Star Wars since I was a very, very little kid. Um, and uh, like I have a VHS tape from 1984 of me opening the C-3PO collector's case that my mom had filled with action figures and like opening the Ewok village for Christmas that year. And um and just loved Star Wars as a little kid. And then I would say from like, you know, uh, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, um, kind of didn't have the same passion for it. Like, you know, other new cartoons were out, like Sky Raiders or Starcom or whatever. And so I kind of got into those. And then in third grade, my best friend and I were having a sleepover at his house and we discovered his older brother's old toy chest of all his older brother's vintage star Wars toys. And like his older brother had toys that like I never had, like he had the millennium Falcon, which I never had. He had Luke's land speeder, which I never had. He had um, all sorts of cool toys that he had like the, Han Solo and trench coat that I never had. Um, I always used like General Maydeen as Han Solo. And so discovering that, my friend and I were kind of like, oh, Star Wars, huh? 
Um, and then, so my friend and I started playing like every weekend we would have a sleepover on like Friday night and we'd play with star Wars action figures for like four years. Like, you know, go over to his house after school, set up the battle, play th- until the wee hours of the morning, wake up the next day, play all day until I went home for dinner, like on Saturday evening. Um, so I've had a million uh, of my own Star Wars adventures with vintage uh, Kenner action figures. Do you think you credit that with going into creative field, like spending all those hours making up stories? A hundred percent. Yes. Um, Like the interesting thing is uh, I always thought I'd be a professional baseball player. I played baseball very seriously while I was growing up, played on traveling baseball teams. Um, And then when I went to high school, I played football in the fall and baseball in the spring. And my sophomore year playing football, I dislocated my right shoulder and tore my rotator cuff. Um, so when I went out for the baseball team that year, I couldn't throw a baseball anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't make the baseball team. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to figure out something else to do. Like I can't do sports anymore. Um, and and it was, it was storytelling that um, I kind of, uh, I kind of, like rediscovered and I was like, Oh my gosh, I love star Wars so much. It has played such a major impact on my life. Like, wouldn't it be wonderful if I could do something that impacted somebody else the way that star Wars impacted me. And at my high school, um, we were fortunate enough to have a television studio. Um, and some of my friends were in the broadcasting department there. Um, so I kind of like snuck my way in with that crowd at that point. Um, and I should mention like the high school I went to, uh, you guys all know it, but you don't know you know it. I grew up in a town called Northbrook, Illinois, which is better known to uh, the world as Shermer, Illinois, which you would recognize from like the Breakfast Club, yep. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, uh, you know, Dogma. Uh, later on, you know, Jay and Silent Bob are trying to get to Shermer, Illinois, uh, because they love John Hughes movies. So that's where I grew up. That's that was my high school. Um, that's where, you know, the Breakfast Club football field is where I dislocated my shoulder and ended my sports career. And like where Ferris Bueller drives the, you know, the car, that's where I had gym class and that's where I had football practice and things like that. So, wow. Um, cool. Anyway, very long-winded way of saying 100% uh, Star Wars's impact on me is what uh, pushed me into a creative field. Um, and just to keep rambling, uh, you know, I was working on um, a documentary once upon a time called, that we were going to call There Is No Try. And it was... Um, it was a documentary about uh, Star Wars inspiring people to do things. Mm-hmm. Meaning, like, uh, you go and you watch most movies, and when the credits roll, your experience with that movie stops. 
Like you no longer like that's where 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 your relationship with the film ends when the storytelling stops. Star Wars was really unique in that a lot of people their relationship with the movie began when they walked out of the theater. It began by you know, buying action figures and telling stories with action figures or learning about robotics or, um, you know, using the philosophy to uh, help them in their sports careers and things like that. Um, and having come from sports, I spoke with a lot of athletes who would credit the philosophy in Star Wars to helping them overcome uh, either mental hurdles or physical hurdles like, oh, you're not your your arm strength isn't good enough you're never going to be a pitcher in major league baseball right but like cj wilson who was an all-star watched star wars over and over and over again and believed you know you can do anything you put your mind to and size matters not and all of that sort of stuff um anyway i just started rambling i, <laughs> I forgot what my point was uh, that's fantastic i know yeah i know I, i'm a texas ranger fan i've met cj on several occasions so yeah. Oh, that's, that's cool. Fed. Yeah, that's I like CJ. World. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, well, from there, from the creative field and working in film and TV, then all of a sudden you decide, okay, I'm going to open a bar. Like, that's not, you wouldn't necessarily think, you know, one thing goes with another. I mean, obviously it was more, well, I'm going to open a Star Wars theme bar. And it was originally, you know, supposed to be a limited time. So talk to us about that inciting incident and, and deciding to take this plunge. So I'll I'll correct you a little bit. Not a Star Wars themed bar, but a geek bar. A geek a nerd, bar, right. A nerd right. bar. Right. Um so the uh the short version of the long story uh is that uh my fiance Jen loves Saved by the Bell. Saved by the Bell to her is Star Wars to me. And Jen, uh, they opened, this guy Derek Barry opened a Saved by the Bell pop-up in Chicago, or he was going to, and they announced it. And so, uh, uh, having been from Chicago, I bought us plane tickets to go opening weekend of the Saved by the Bell pop-up. And we went opening night, and we were maybe the 30th people in line and the bouncer came out and was like, you guys are not going to get in. Like, nobody's leaving. Like, you're not getting in tonight. But you can come back tomorrow morning for brunch and there's no reservations and, like, just get here early. So when we left the Saved by the Bell pop-up opening night, there was a line of, like, four or 500 people. Wow. As far as you can see. And... So we went home, went to bed, got up at like seven o'clock the next morning, drove down to the downtown Chicago and waited in line. We were the second people in line. And like all Star Wars fans know, like you wait in line at Star Wars Celebration, you yeah. wait in line to see the movie openings, you wait in line for the action figures. So like that's just like part of star wars fan culture and there was something about the waiting in line and staying at my mom's house where i still had all of my like nerdy stuff from when i was a kid 
that as I'm waiting in line with Jen for the bar to open at, or for Saved by the Max to open at 10 a.m., I was like, you know, like, we could do something like this. She's like, what are you talking about? So at that point, we started to brainstorm on how we could do it. And the in that I had is that Jen is a bar and restaurant designer in Los Angeles and has been for 10 years. So we came up with this business plan and we came back and we presented it to um, some of the bar and restaurant clients that she had had in the past. And we partnered up and, um, uh, you know, that was June of... 2016 we announced the pop-up in august of 2016 and then put tickets up for sale in october of 2016 and then the bar opened uh the first week in april of 2017 and you had a good turn i mean i heard like you were saying lies i heard stories of of you know lines down the, the block on hollywood boulevard right yeah, it was uh, it was crazy because when we announced it, um, Nerdist, we announced it through Nerdist, and the editor there took some creative liberties with uh, images that they posted that they shouldn't have, and it went crazy viral. Like we were trending on Yahoo and IMDb and Forbes, and I mean you name it, and we were front page news. Um, so yeah, we essentially sold out two months, seven days a week, three, uh, like kind of time slots per day of like a hundred to 150 people. Um, so through April and May, and then we put more tickets up for June and July. And I think we operated like five days a week in June and July. And then, um, in August, the one thing that Jen and I had heard so much when we were down there while we were a pop-up is, oh my gosh, we would love this so much if we didn't have to like make a reservation and make a date and like have this be an event. Like I'd love to just have this be a spot that I could go because, you know, people like us, like sports fans and having been a sports fan forever, like it's easy to walk into a sports bar in any city in the country on a Sunday and, and know where you're going to sit, right? You look for the sports fans that cosplay the same way you do, right? So instead of wearing like, you know, a, a Jedi robe, people wear sports jerseys. And instead of knowing, you know, uh, the, Co, you know the unit identification number of the trash compactor is three two six three eight two seven. They know how many touchdowns Joe Montana threw in his first season with the Kansas City Chiefs, right? It's this. It's the exact same thing running on parallel tracks. So it's like, why don't people who love pop culture uh, have a place to go? And so in August, we switched and we became, we were open five days a week, Wednesday through Sunday, just for people to come on in and hang out and geek out about the stuff they love. 
So with that transition where it wasn't kind of a, an event thing where people had signed up ahead of time, did you see a, a drop off in traffic? Did it stay the same? Did it increase? What was that transition like? Um, You know, I mean, there's definitely like a drop off. The biggest challenge wasn't necessarily like, oh, people aren't coming in. The biggest challenge was that people thought that we were either done or that you still needed tickets mm. for years for two a year and a half two years after we were like you can just walk on in i still had friends telling me like oh i don't want to go there and spend 50 dollars to go in it's like no 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 that hasn't been like that for two years so that was kind of the biggest challenge was um getting the word out to people that we were no longer like a pop-up ticketed spot just it was just a place you could come and hang out and uh you know and wear cosplay and be nerdy and and all of those great things now covid happened in early 2020 right and obviously that put the damper and you know we're still trying to come out of it and you know especially in california la county had a lot of restrictions i know you guys were closed for a while and then it was open with masks and and what have you so uh, how have you weathered that storm? Uh, and I'm sure there are still challenges that you're currently dealing with. What's that like? Uh, um, COVID was, it was a weird thing. It was like a good lesson and be careful what you wish for. I was so deep in emails and, and so basically when the bar opened, I kind of, put production film production on the side and I didn't really do much and but like running a bar is first off I had zero experience um, and I had finally started to like figure it out right around when COVID started happening and um, you know you heard whispers about COVID in like December January mm-hmm. and I was like oh, I don't, yeah whatever but I was also so stressed out from how much work I had that like that February, I was like, oh my God, the only way I'm going to get a break is if the entire world shuts down for like two weeks. Right. And then like, lo and behold, a month later, the entire world shuts down into it for what, you know, for Let's at see. that point now, you know, going on two years, um, the other crazy thing about that was that uh, we found out Jen was pregnant four days before the bar shut down. Wow. So within a week, like, my whole world, like, spun. Um, so, you know, I got my time off, but uh, but it definitely came with a lot of new stress, um, you know, we were closed. We closed like March 15th or 16th, whatever that Saturday was. Right. Yeah. And we were closed of 2020 and we were closed until April 6th, 2021. So over, we were closed for 55 weeks, which is crazy over a year. Um, and it was, I mean, it was hard, right? Like our business is gone. 
and Jen's a bar and restaurant designer and nobody's opening bar and restaurants because they're all closed. Right. Um, and nobody knows what's going to happen. Um, so our third year anniversary was in early April and I was like, well, let's go back to production. Let's, we might be closed for six weeks. You know, let's do like a, a live stream birthday party. And so Jen and I hosted like a four hour live stream where I invited a bunch of like uh, celebrity type friends I know on like Sam Witwer and Kevin Smith and Greg Grunberg and Grant Imahara and David Collins and um, a bunch of people like that. And we just talked about scum and villainy. And I think Jen and I hosted like a trivia and like you know, brought people on via Zoom and it was just Jen and I in the bar and I had like five laptops set up to like run the stream while I was hosting with her. And um, and what's crazy about that is, is I was like, oh, this is fun. This is like a good way to keep the community engaged. Mm -hmm. So I started doing um, on what we called Fandom Fridays and we'd pick a fandom every Friday and we'd do like a watch along of like the Harry Potter movies or like the best WWE matches of all time and do trivia and do this like whole kind of hosted event. And then we also have a really great like karaoke group. And so I started having people do uh, karaoke self tapes and they would send them in to me and I would like VJ, a live karaoke show that we'd broadcast to our Facebook page where I would host the karaoke videos that people were sending me each week. So like everybody kind of got to stay engaged. Um, and like we kind of kept Scum and Villainy going virtually. Um, and then on May the 4th of 2020, which is usually our like huge day, it's like the right. biggest nerd holiday of them all. I did a 24 hour live stream. Um, we started at midnight on May the 4th. We ran till midnight on May the 4th. I hosted for 24 hours. Um, we wow. had some really cool panels. Like we had Corey Doctorow, who is like a, a lawyer who's in charge of like the Fair Use Foundation along with like some Etsy sellers and like uh, like bootleg toy manufacturers. And they all had a discussion about um, like fair use under the Galactic Empire is what it was called. And like how Disney deals with fair use and their IP. And it was really, really fascinating because it you thought it was going to be this like hour long like beat up on Disney for being these terrible overlord people. But like everybody actually was like, no, they're actually pretty cool about it. As long as you don't break any rules, mm -hmm. um, which was like a super cool panel. Then we had, it was, uh, um, we had a prequel appreciation panel and we got, um, you know, Sam Witwer, uh, who plays Darth Maul and was uh, Star Killer in The Force Unleashed? And we had Kyle Newman on there. We had uh, Claire Grant, who's done some voices in The Clone Wars. We had um, this is like really great panel of people. Plus, we had Ahmed Best, who played Jar Jar Banks, 
talking about what it was like to like work with George Lucas and all the things that George Lucas taught him about being a director. And it was like, it was like this wonderful 24 hour event um, that like brought all these people together. And, you know, it's one of those things where you're doing the thing for the community um, and you don't like, we didn't charge, we didn't earn money. Like we were selling uh, drinks to go like curbside mm -hmm. and we, you know, I don't know, did like $3,000 in business that day, which is not very much, but, um, but the live stream existed because it's like, oh my gosh, we all are going to miss hanging out. Right. Um, but the crazy thing is, is that that live stream, in a roundabout way, I got tapped to help run the live stream for the Democratic National Convention in August. And then from the Democratic National Convention in August, I got, I started a whole new career as like a broadcast streaming engineer. Um, so from doing the Scum and Villainy third anniversary live stream, not knowing really what I was doing, to five months later doing the daytime programming for the Democratic National Convention, to now I run almost all of billboard music and the Hollywood reporters, uh, like virtual web content. Um, so it's like, I don't know. It's just a good lesson in like, you know, do the right thing for the right reasons and don't expect anything, but like karma works both ways, right? Like you try to do something good and like good will come back to you. So it was super cool. Yeah, that's that's so interesting because that's more than a full time broadcast engineering is more than a full time job, but you still have you still have the the bar and obviously there's still restrictions, um, but you've opened back up and you you were you know holding some events you're doing some uh, some you know podcasting some of uh, Kevin Smith's podcasts from there what have you so so where are you guys at now in terms of of restrictions and live events and and that sort of thing. Um. So as of February 15th of 2022, California is lifting the indoor mask mandate. So things should be back to normal. When we reopened in April of 2021, there were some like crazy restrictions on capacity and like we had to have these freaking curtains and booth things and um, it was super challenging. But again, like people wanted to go out and people wanted to support. And like, we have such great, we have such a great community around the bar that, um, things got back like in terms of business to normal pretty quickly. So like we were super lucky in terms of like when we reopened, like people wanted to come back and see us and support us. Um, and that's continued till, you know, you know, the, tonight while we're talking, you know? Yeah. The other thing that's interesting, you, you talk about the community around the bar, the fact that you have embraced this sort of, you know, especially when you were closed, like you're talking about with a 24 hour thing, it, it brings in people that 
I mean, not everybody can go to California. Not everybody can go to Hollywood and check out the bar, you know, and the fact that you're able to do these events, do the podcast with Kevin Smith, do the, the live streams, do the virtual karaoke. I mean, you really are open, opening this up to, to everybody worldwide. Anybody can, can feel like they're a part of the community as much as they can be uh, and interact with other people that just happen to love the same geek thing, whether it's Star Wars, Star Trek, comic books, you know, MCU, whatever, right? So that, I think that if you're looking for silver linings, forced to go virtual, you've, I feel like in a way the community has maybe become more diverse and more, more geographically diverse because you were forced to go this route. Would you agree? Yeah, a hundred percent. And, you know, I mean, for me, like it's the same, it's the same concept as like when people come in and they get angry that like we have a Klingon bat lift hang hung above the bar or like we play the Ghostbusters theme song on the jukebox. Right. And my whole philosophy since day one is like, if you create something and you build walls, right? Where it's like, we are a Star Wars spot and we're only a Star Wars spot and you're only, you know, that's it, right? Like, there's enough forces, pun intended, dividing people in this world and it's hard enough to make friends and it's hard enough to find people you have stuff in common with where my whole philosophy was always like, all right, cool, man. You like Star Trek. I like Star Wars. I, I don't like Star Trek. You don't like Star Wars for legitimate reasons. Like, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about, you know, Firefly or Stargate or MCU or Super Friends or thundercats or gi joe or transformers or like the venn diagram of overlap of our interests is like 98 percent but we're going to pick the two percent and focus on that so that we can't be friends and we can't have fun together so like my whole thing was like no no at this spot you focus on the things it's like joseph campbell right when joseph campbell studied religion you know Everybody studied religion and mythology and, and different cultures in the world, and they put them, they divided them by their differences. Joseph Campbell's thing was like, no, 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 let's study what makes them the same. Let's study why the stories from indigenous people in South America and Africa and, and you know, uh, the Middle East and you know the asian nations you know there's virgin births in all of those in all of those religions and mythologies like how is it that these groups of people who are completely isolated have these common threads and that's kind of the idea with scum and villainy is like hey like let's celebrate let's have fun with the stuff that we we share not pick apart this each other because of the stuff we don't so again a very long-winded way of saying that like broadcasting to the internet and bringing people in virtually is just like the next step in that right like why is it that uh only los angeles where people visiting los angeles get to partake in 
having fun and celebrating uh, these global things that speak a language that we all we can all understand. You know, that was one of the things when I went to college to bring it back to how I why I love Star Wars so much. My college essay was about how Star Wars spoke a global language. And even if you lived in Japan and watched the movie, like, with even without dubbing, even without subtitles, like, you understood it. Like, there was something about it that connected people from different backgrounds, different cultures, different ages, um, in a way that was really special. And so that's what I wrote my college paper on. And it's something that I've kind of continued through the philosophy of scum and villainy of just like the more the merrier you know yeah and and you get that vibe when you're there so i mean long time listeners of podcast no i live in phoenix i i have driven to, to los angeles to go to scum and villainy for an event for the night and then turn around and drove six hours back home so it's it it, it is worth it um obviously virtual events allow people that maybe don't have that opportunity to live even further away uh so have you continued the, the virtual events? Like what is the next, what is, you know, the next part of 2022 look like for people that maybe don't have the opportunity to go and, and visit? Do you have more virtual things planned? Yeah. So, you know, we've kept doing um, fat and beyond virtually. Um, we took a little bit of a break while Kevin was shooting clerks three. We haven't really brought the podcast back live just because uh, with kind of the fear of COVID out there, um, getting people to commit to coming in on a Tuesday night and sitting in a room full of people uh, has been a little challenging. But I think we're getting ready to bring Fat Man Beyond back to the bar this month. Um, but you always broadcast it. Also, we always broadcast. Yeah, yeah, even if we do it virtually. Um, like, even if... like. I will like zoom Kevin and Mark in and we'll do it like from my house at my computer house, but it's always still like, we still kind of brand it from scum and villainy. Right. Um, and, uh, I had been doing a show called wherever they go. We go where we talked about, um, whatever the star Wars show was that was going on. Um, and I stopped that for a while because I started working on Clerks 3 and I just got too busy and I couldn't keep up. But we're bringing that show back on uh, this Friday. Um, we did when uh, Loki and uh, WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, we did a Marvel Mondays live stream. Um, and as things go back to the bar, we're looking at doing... Um, Gosh, at the end of this month, uh, game night, like a hosted game night, where most places when you do game night, it's like you can come in and they have board games and you sit at a table and you play board games. At Scum and Villainy, what we're going to do is we're going to do three hosted like game shows. So the first is going to be and we're not going to live stream it right off the bat, but the plan is to live stream it at some point this spring. The first hour is going to be uh, Geeky Bingo. 
and all the bingo cards, your bingo card will be on your phone and all the, it's not like B12, you know, oh, 54. Your bingo card is made up of nerdy, um, like, uh, emojis. So like, you know, we'll have Max Rebo and we'll have Jean-Luc Picard and we'll have Peter Venkman and Slimer and, you know, Copper Kid from Silverhawks or whatever. And, uh, the host will call out, you know, uh, Force Ghost Yoda. And if you have Force Ghost Yoda, you mark it. So it's bingo, except with geeky characters. Um, and one of the fun things about Scum is getting up and meeting new people and like-minded people. And so instead of just keeping everybody at their chairs with their face in their phone, we're going to do wild cards. So each round will have a wild, uh, wild space. So like round one, the wild space is going to be Yoda. Now, if you have Yoda on your bingo card and I call Yoda, I need everybody who has that to come up to the, to the front of the bar. And so let's say we're going through the game and our host calls Yoda and, Everybody comes up to the front of the bar, five people who had Yoda on their bingo card. And she's going to say, okay, we all know that Yoda had a funny way of talking. I am going to give you a quote from a movie that is not Star Wars related. And you are going to have to do it in your best Yoda. The <laughs> person who does the best Yoda impression by round of applause from everybody else in the bar will win a free drink. So she'll say, okay, person number one, uh, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn, you know? Uh, and so then that person will have to say, hmm, uh, a damn, frankly, I do not give my dear, right? And, and so on and so forth. You know, you want the truth, you can't handle the truth will be the next one. And then that person will have to say that like Yoda. And then we'll go to round two. And round two, it's like uh, Grand Emerald Thrawn is wild card on, on round two. And everybody knows that Grand Emerald Thrawn used his opponent's artwork against them. If I call Grand Emerald Thrawn, you have to come up to the front of the bar. We're going to do like a little mini game. So three people have Grand Emerald Thrawn. She calls Grand Emerald Thrawn. They come up to the bar. Okay, you are going to have 60 seconds to draw this and as soon as the 60 seconds are up you hold up your drawing and the bar by round of applause will uh say who has the best drawing that person will win a beer uh and then we'll continue with the bingo game in ewok eating an ice cream cone so the three people draw that as fast as they can they hold it up people cheer for them uh, so i think it's a really good way to it's like a good icebreaker right if you're a wonderful artist or if you're a terrible artist it's a way that when the bingo game is over i can come up to you and go oh my god you're such a great artist like do you do that professionally no oh well i work for dark horse comics and i'd love for you to like it's just a way for people to network it's a way for people to make friends um so that's going to be the first hour of mondays and eventually we'll be live streaming that
The second hour is we're going to do Geeky Wheel of Fortune. So it's Wheel of Fortune, except the categories, instead of being like person, place, thing, before and after, will be like geeky quote, you know, and it'll be like, I am inevitable. So with bingo, you'll actually be able to play along at home with the with on your phone. Wheel of Fortune will be more like uh, more fun. You can play along from home, but like more like watching Wheel of Fortune on the right. TV. Yep. Um, you know, so it'll be like geeky quote and we'll bring three people up. We're going to have a real big wheel that you'll spin and, you know, the answer will be like, I am inevitable, right? Um, so that's the second hour of game night. And then the third hour of game night is go- after people have been hanging out for a few hours and had a few drinks, we're going to do Geeky Pictionary, where we're <laughs> going to have an iPad Pro that will be hooked up to the projectors in the bar, and your team will, like send a representative up, they'll get a thing and they'll draw on the iPad and everybody in the bar will get to watch what they're drawing. And if your team doesn't guess it in, you know, 60 seconds, then other teams will get a chance to guess it. So my plan is to broadcast all the game night stuff and hopefully get, have it be like a fun game show night, even for people at home. Wow. It sounds, uh, sounds, it sounds like a lot of fun. I'm going to have to, probably making making some trips uh over there um and then hopefully soon enough uh we'll um we'll start broadcasting trivia as well we do geeky trivia we write our own geeky trivia uh every week on wednesdays now so um so hopefully we'll start broadcasting that as well and uh people will be able to play along from home from at that way uh that way as well so is it is it tough? I mean, you you have all these great ideas. I mean, I know previously when I've been in there, you've talked about doing some of these things, and then you know another wave of COVID has hit, um, and now you've got this other career going. Is it tough yeah, balancing like finding time to, to? I mean, I know you have so many great ideas for scum and villainy. It's a, I imagine it's a matter of just time management. Yeah, it's like time management and finances. Um, you know, we have uh, two really great people who are running the bar right now. Um, Carissa is kind of like running all of the like behind the bar stuff. Um, and Megan is kind of running our operations, which uh, the idea was to help free me up to do the creative stuff. Um, but I've been working on Clerks 3 since September I've been, I continue to do all of my broadcast engineer stuff. Um, So it is, it's just finding time to implement everything. And like being a dad also like takes up a ton of time. So um, everything moves more slowly than I want it to, but it's moving quicker now than it ever has in the past. If that makes sense. No, that makes, yeah, that makes complete sense. And I think once you get, you know, whatever the new normal will be after we come out of the other side of COVID. I think once that is established and the bar continues to, to grow and, and the community continues to grow and people continue to support in a way, there's a lot of it that'll become, become sort of uh, routine and self-sustaining in a way. 
Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you're not, cause I know a lot of the things that you right now, it's like, okay, we're going to try this, you know, is it, is it going to work? <laughs> you know, because really when you think about it, you guys were just getting established, as you said, before COVID shut everything down, you never got to that point. You know, maybe it takes five years to be, okay, we know who we are at this point that completely got interrupted. So in a way you guys are still, you know, finding out what works and what doesn't. Yeah. It's interesting, right? Like, cause I, I, when I was the day to day operations person at scum and villainy, I never ran it like a bar. I always ran it like a film production. Hmm. Um, and Megan, who's doing a lot of that now, comes from an event background. She doesn't come from a bar and restaurant background. And I kind of like that. I think that's kind of what makes us a little bit different and a little bit special. And, you know, they say it takes like three years for a bar to, like, get its legs, right? Mm-hmm. And we got shut down right before three years. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, coming out of it, like, we really hit the ground running. Um, and so we did. We missed, we missed the year that all of this stuff would have been going crazy. Um, but it's kind of picked up where it left off. Um and now I know what I'm doing there and I have people who are handling like the day-to-day stuff. So like I'm able to concentrate on the, the big idea stuff. And I'm luckily like, I think the reason scum and villainy works, whereas like some of these other pop-ups have not worked and have not lasted as long as we have, or, you know, they, they, would pop up in a couple cities and then kind of die out is that like, you know, my first memory is seeing return of the Jedi in the movie theater. And like my entire life has been like this insane pursuit of all these geeky things I love. Um, and so scum and villainy is really an extension of that. It's like 40 years of me either wishing that this was something I had, you know, like, um, if you're, if you're out in the front room on like our patio room, we have the tactical screens, which light up and they're like the etched acrylic that look like, you know, GI Joe had them and Star Wars had them on the Hoth base and, um, stuff like that. And like, I remember... I don't know. They were like $2,000 each to have built. And I remember being in a meeting with my business partners and fighting with them about spending the money to have those tables made. And I was like, we have to get those tables made. And they're like, why? What's the ROI going to be? What's the, 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 and I was like, we have to do it because it's, it is the thing. It is the toy I always wanted that they never made when I was a kid, just a clear plastic tactical screen. And they're like, what does that even, what are you even talking about? I had them made. We put them in that front room and everybody in Los Angeles's Instagram profile picture for six months was them standing behind one of those tactical screens. (laughs) And, you know, so I've been lucky in that, 
like eating, breathing, living this geek life for as long as I did. When it comes to scum and villainy, I'm like, oh, when I was six years old, I wanted this more than anything. That's something that scum and villainy should do. And and the the hope is, and where the success has come, is that there's enough people out there who, when they were six years old, wanted that same thing. And if I'm able to help bring it to life, I trust that those people are going to come in because they want to see that thing in real life the same way I did, you know? Yeah, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. And it, it also speaks to your location also, you know, because Hollywood, uh, you know, we, you and I know, cause you know, we, we've been there, you, you know, you're the, you're there almost daily, probably. Uh, it, it's not like what the world expects it to be. You know what I mean? Like it's much more down to earth and gritty and maybe even a little dirty, but it has that, it has that mystique. So the fact that you're located in Hollywood, I think, you know, people that come, people decide to, tourists come from around the world to go visit Hollywood. It has this, it has this mystique. So I think that helps you guys as well. So I do encourage everybody, if you're in LA, go and check out Scum and Villainy. It's just a fun place to just hang out. Uh, you know, whether there's an event going on or not, you know, ha- they have really cool Star Wars uh, inspired drinks, as well as other uh, drinks inspired by um, other geek fandoms, really great bar food, you know, nachos and wings and all that kind of thing. 6377 Hollywood Boulevard in Los Angeles, California. Uh, there's a link in the show notes, everybody. You can go check out the website, check out the pictures, uh, check out the menu, see what those drinks are, all that kind of stuff. There's also an events page where you can go and find out what's coming up. Soon, uh, it's scumandvillainycantina.com. Again, link in the show notes. Uh, and social media, because I know you guys post a lot on social media. Where's the best place to follow uh, JC for um, updates? You can follow uh, Scum and Villainy Cantina on Instagram, uh, facebook.com slash scumandvillainycantina. Those are like the two most active. Our Twitter, I, I have to kind of rebuild. Gotcha. Um, and I just because I can't shut up. You mentioned the food. We actually are having a whole new food menu done. Like we're like doing some serious upgrades to all of our food. We have um, like this amazing chef coming in to help us with all of that. Um, He has done like wonderful restaurants like, uh, Public School and Jones on 3rd and Daily Grill um, and uh, Spielberg's mom's restaurant and um, some really like wonderful stuff. So um, it'll be like it's going to be like the same amazing like like good bar food, but like elevated up like five notches. So um, that's going to be coming in April, too cool definitely have to get get out there for that uh well uh thank you for your time jc obviously we know how busy you are i really appreciate it uh any last thing you want our listeners to know as we're winding up here um you know like check out our calendar on the website follow us on facebook there's going to be a lot more like virtual stuff coming up so even if you're not in los angeles um a lot of chance to participate meet new people um you know, there's a lot of people who uh, would watch our live streams and stuff from around the country and around the world. And when they come into Scum and Villainy, 
like they already have friends there or they'll they'll say hey everybody i'm going to scum and villain i'm going to be in la i'm going to scum and villainy and people that they've never met except in a chat room will show up and it's like oh my gosh like i've spent the last two years chatting with you online and like here we are in person how cool is that um it's just like a really great place i think i think in a city full where it can be very very busy and very very lonely it's a great place to go in and kind of find your uh find your flight crew yeah it's a, it's a good point because you know so often you hey i'm gonna go to this really cool place the venue's really cool but you feel awkward because you don't you feel like you don't know anybody, but yeah, if you've taken part in the virtual events, it's like you, your, your friendships are built in. You just, you sit down and it's just, you know, right yeah. away you're engaged. So. I mean, I'll throw this out there too. You know, like our, all of our employees are huge nerds too. And people are always like, do you give them a test? And I was like, no, we don't give them a test, but like, you kind of know. Yeah. So like, even if you're in LA on a business trip or a vacation and like you're by yourself and you don't know anybody like roll on into the bar and strike up a conversation with the bartender. And even if it's busy, they'll be able to say like, Hey, like I have to go take care of these other people. But like you love Mad Max, like Eric Cherry over there in the corner loves Mad Max. Tell him that I sent you over to him. And so like, you know, the bar regulars are very warm and welcoming as well. And like, you know, the bartenders can be that gateway into, you know, meeting new people and, 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 um, and having a really good time. Yeah. And it is it, I highly recommended everybody. If you're, if you're in Los Angeles, you gotta go. Uh, I'm not saying everybody has the means or the ability to make that trip, but man, if you're in Los Angeles, there's no excuse you consider yourself a geek if you consider yourself a nerd if you love these things that we've talked about there's no reason not to go and check it out so uh, again jc thanks so much for joining us really appreciate the time uh and hopefully i'll see you in there soon and and best of uh best of luck this year hope for continued success and growth uh for scum and villainy oh thanks so much uh, and to all you listeners uh we appreciate your support as always couldn't do it without you so we'll talk to you next time you can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash the comic source. Do a search for the comic source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening and we'll talk to you next time.